This is an RNZ podcast. On Media Watch last weekend, we mentioned that a TV series about how modern New Zealand was built had just come to an end on Prime TV, Making New Zealand. For the early settlers and those who followed, this wild and isolated New Zealand was a world away from anything they knew. Yet somehow they laid the foundations for the nation we live in today. This series celebrates the vision, the skill and sheer bloody-mindedness that made a country. And this show has been funded by you via the government's broadcasting funding agency, New Zealand On Air. The four hour-long episodes in Series 3, which finished last week, cost just under three-quarters of a million dollars. They covered tourism, farming and manufacturing, and last Sunday's series finale was a look at the history of broadcasting in New Zealand. For almost 100 years, the radio and television networks of New Zealand have given us stories that have helped define who we are as a nation. This is the story of broadcasting. And this was fascinating stuff, rich with archival footage from the distant and recent past alike, and with a bit of expert analysis and a word or two from the technical experts who explained that TV programmes going out nationwide was no easy thing back in the day. And I think an example is you could watch an episode of Coronation Street in black and white in Auckland and it'd be a different episode screening in Wellington. Although television was available in the main centres of New Zealand, not everyone had this luxury available to them. The signal coverage was quite limited and uh, not everybody had access to reasonable signal or even had a local translator system available. Well, such scarcity seems strange to us now with so much access to so much content via so much technology. And with that in mind, former New Zealand On Air Chief Executive Dr Ruth Harley, who's currently the agency's chair, had this final word in the programme. So... What I see and what I'm still absolutely passionate about is we have to, we New Zealand, have to have our stories, our content everywhere because that's the only way we're going to ensure that our children, our everybody, everybody has access to their stories, to their world, to their reality and to their imagination. Fine words there. And if you missed that programme, you can watch it online on the catch-up section of Prime TV's website. But when Media Watch went looking for Series 1 and Series 2 of Making New Zealand, both publicly funded from New Zealand On Air's Platinum Fund, they weren't there. You'll only find them on the on-demand service Neon, which is a subscription service operated by Prime's owner Sky TV. So in other words, publicly funded history programmes about the making of the nation are behind the paywall of the country's biggest pay TV company. So why is that? I asked New Zealand On Air's chair, Dr Ruth Harley, who featured in last Sunday's episode in the latest series, and New Zealand On Air chief executive, Jane Wrightson. It's the same with all funded material. The content belongs to the producer, and the producer will have negotiated rights with the platform, and those shows would have been on the on-demand service for a while and then gone off. However, we too became increasingly um, concerned about this. The, the, you know, producers generally wanted short windows so they could go and sell it to other people. It's okay, it's their business. Even overseas um, exactly. documentary. Exactly, all of that stuff. Sites, we yeah. got increasingly concerned that the windows were too short. Um, and, of course, the, the, the rising cost of production was influencing our decision around this as well. So as part of the, the work we did around uh, re- restructuring the agency, we said we want um, a year's window for all our funded content on demand. Thank you very much. Um, 
many producers had some problems with this. Increasingly, producers um, started to understand our point of view because the revenue they could earn was relatively constrained inside New Zealand anyway. The on-demand sites can be geo-locked, that's all fine, they, off, they usually are, except for Māori television. So Series 3 of um, uh, Making New Zealand will be on the prime on-demand site for a year. For which is great. But, uh, I mean, and it's the same with all other kind of stuff, Colin. So what other shows made in the last 30 years can you access now? Not that many. Some. That's partly why we funded New Zealand On Screen, to make a showcase for at least what um, a, a record of what's been made. Um, and there are you know, many ideas for how that could be extended should funding become available. But this is all a, right, a fairly complicated business around rights negotiations. And some producers are happy to talk about um, ex, uh, extended use, and some are not. Yeah, so coincidentally, Dr Harley, it's your words that actually end that programme uh, where you were saying, look, TV is, is increasingly on the internet now. We need to have our stories, our New Zealand content everywhere. That's the only way everybody can have access to their stories and their reality. Ironic that a documentary in which you're saying that will be there just for a year. Well, I, I've got to, I, I see this slightly differently, really. I, I, yes, I think that, of course, we want stuff that's publicly funded to be publicly available. But it's also true that we're moving into far more of a pay universe than we've ever moved into. We need to be, our content needs to be everywhere. Um, so I see it as uh, a, a constant juggle and a negotiation to get the content out there as much as possible. If people are consuming the vast majority of, the, of their content on Netflix, why don't we want to be there? We do want to be there. But they won't be, of course, because along comes Disney and Amazon and all the rest of them. That'll be a very contested space. So I think we have to stay nimble and look for the opportunities for our content to get to New Zealanders wherever they are watching it. But That's right, and Prime, of course, will, will rescreen it free to air, um, probably the entire series, I expect. Now they'll have a bunch of, you know, a dozen or so of them. New Zealand On Air Chief Executive Jane Wrightson and the current chair of New Zealand On Air, Dr Ruth Harley, who, as we heard there, featured in last Sunday's episode in the latest series of Making New Zealand, all about the history of New Zealand broadcasting. And that's available to view in the catch-up section of Prime TV's website for the next 12 months. Catch it while you can. And finally this week, while we're on the subject of broadcasting our history, what's possibly the least-watched channel that's available nationwide has broken new ground this week with archival footage on the air. Parliament TV kicked off a new programme called Looking Back, a 20-part series about New Zealand's parliamentary politics, which is fully funded by the Office of the Clerk. At a total cost of $37,850.50, or $1,892.52 per hour, it must be some of the cheapest national television ever aired in New Zealand. And that's not the commercial hour of 44 minutes or so. You get the full 60 minutes each hour on ad-free Parliament TV. So how has the Office of the Clerk managed to produce such bargain basement TV? Well, the programme lets the archival footage breathe with just minimal introductory voiceovers preceding them. For instance, episode one included the full party political election broadcasts from 1966, all nine minutes plus of each one, back to back. We're determined to honour our treaty obligations. You know, when they were the government, Labour pledged again and again that under them, New Zealand would honour our obligations to our allies. Now, they're pledged to Welsh on them. And we're entitled to ask, what sinister power and influence 
has changed Labour's minds and demanded that they dishonour their own pledges and to dishonour New Zealand in the eyes of the world. That was the then Prime Minister Keith Holyoke talking about ANZUS defence treaty obligations in his National Party broadcast in 1966 and not the treaty obligations that often feature in today's headlines. Now that episode also included this rare insight into the journalistic methods of the day. Desperate for a new news angle, one journalist has suggested in a note to Rowling that he accused the government of industrial anarchy at tonight's meeting. The charge, suggested the journalist, could relate to the government's handling of the clerical workers' union. Rowling obviously has nothing more newsworthy to fire at the audience, and the media. He takes up the cue and fires the suggested salvo. The reporters happily take up their self-laid bait. Rowling's opinions of the government's industrial record are headlined in the next morning's papers. That was TVNZ's programme Dateline Monday from way back in 1978. Now this week, Looking Back screened an eyewitness news show from 1981 all about how the media covered the election campaign that year on the road, including Barry Soper, who's still in the game today, as political editor of News Talk ZB, as we heard earlier. Weeks two and three for Barry Soper were spent off the road at his office in the Beehive. There was no alternative. We couldn't really afford it, I don't think. Working for a private enterprise organisation, the dollar matters. And to cover this election campaign, I had to canvas the... We've got ten commercial radio stations, and they've all had to contribute some money. For once, Barry Soper didn't mind missing the action. He had a distinct feeling there wasn't much. And this week, Looking Back also screened in full a famous TV encounter from 1981 on the show Newsmakers, in which presenter Ian Fraser, later to become TVNZ's chief executive, grilled the Minister of Police and Māori Affairs at the time, Ben Couch, at considerable length about what appeared to be his support for separate development in South Africa, but not apartheid. Where we've got armed camps on both sides, uh, hasn't changed their ideology but it's got a wall separating them. But the difference now, in I South believe... Africa seems to be that isolation has achieved something. No, when you're talking about New Ze- uh, South Africa being isolated, isolated from whom? Think of all the other countries that have been playing sport with the same country. Episodes of Looking Back screen on Parliament TV each sitting day at 11.30am and 12.30pm, and the Office of the Clerk tells us it will be on Parliament's website very soon. Now, this isn't the first time that Parliament TV has featured something other than the actual parliamentary proceedings. Last year, it screened a one-hour documentary called Introducing Parliament, and a spokesperson for the clerk's office told MediaWatch this week it plans more content on Parliament TV in the non-sitting hours as part of its strategy of Parliament engagement. Now, the uninterrupted stuff from the vaults might be a bit of an acquired taste, but it's certainly more compelling than the elevator music and the slate setting out when the next sitting day is or the next committee hearing is due to take place. So if you're keen, Parliament TV's on Freeview Channel 31 and Sky and Vodafone Channel 86, and it live streams on the website parliament.nz.